All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Today, we have Corey Foster joining us. She is the CEO of IROC Marketable Business Solutions, a small business marketing firm that supports coaches, consultants, speakers, and authors as they learn to unlock their full potential and monetize their passions. Corey has always had the desire for helping others, but in her early professional days, that took uh, the shape of working in the medical field. After complications of a rare disabling eye condition, Corey decided to start her own business. She quickly found that there were gaps in services and support for small business owners with great products and services. However, they didn't have the knowledge or funds to scale like the bigger businesses. Over the past few years, IROC MBS has been able to help small businesses across the U.S. and Canada start run and scale their business, which is so exciting. Um, through working with IROC MBS, entrepreneurs feel empowered to live life on their own terms. So we'll welcome Corey to the show. Let me cue the intro and then we'll bring her on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. All right, Corey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, it's so great to have you. So let's just dive right in. Um, I would love to hear more about what your business is about and why you decided to start it. Yeah, definitely. So hi again, I'm Corey. And um, yes, our business is IROC Marketable Business Solutions. And we're all about helping people monetize their passion. And I like to start with the ending and kind of back up because I kind of got into entrepreneurship in a very non-traditional sense. I did not go to school. Yeah, I didn't go to school to do what I do now. I actually, like my bio said, I started in the medical field and all I knew was I really wanted to help people. But once I found out that my vision was rapidly decreasing, um, they basically told me I had to leave my job, which I loved, and to basically go home and go blind. Um, and, and I say it like that because that's how it was said to me. Yes. They were like, go home. You're, yes. You're going blind, collect disability. And I wish I could be like, and I told them no, but I didn't. <laughs> I went home and I was like, I guess I'm going blind. And literally it felt like the world got darker for me physically and mentally. Like I just kind of was in a really dark space and I stayed there for about six months and I just was like, okay, there has to be more. I can't just sit here in this funk and, and not have any kind of motivation or passion or momentum going on in my life. And so I actually started my first business, which actually was called I Rock Mind, Body, and Soul, where I could make like little handmade soaps, bath bombs, body butters, just little things I could make uh, with the vision that I had at the time. And I would, yeah. you know, peddle my wares on the weekends. And um, while there, I would go to the different booths that were at the vending events and I would ask people, like, what was their story? I would, you know, see their products and I would say, okay, where else do you sell in case, you know, you want to buy something later? And they were like, well, we sell at vendor events. And I was like, so you guys don't sell during the week. <laughs> like you don't have a shop. You're not, how are you marketing? And so through kind of having those discussions, we, every weekend, I realized there was a big gap in the market for small business owners trying to yeah. market their business, but on a budget. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like they did, these people didn't have tons of money to invest. They didn't have investors. They didn't have, um, you know, a lot of capital. They needed yeah. to find ways to market to their audience, but you know, on a shoestring budget. And that's how I rock marketable business solution was, was founded. Wow. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. So what kind of shifts did you have to go through and make as you grew your business and as it became more of a, more of a solidified business instead of just an idea? Yeah. So of course there were shifts from in my mindset first, because yeah. I had to go from this feeling of kind of like being sorry for myself to like a growth mindset of like, I can do this. Right. <laughs> right? That was the first big shift I had was, was like, okay, let's do something with our lives. Let's help people, but in a different way. Um, how did you, how did you make that shift from, okay, like I, I'm feeling sorry for myself to, okay, let's actually do something and make my life better. Yeah, so I've thought about this many times because I keep getting asked this question. And and I'm like, really, what happened was I had already known that I had a gift for helping people, right? Yeah. I'm that person that always looks for potential in others, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> like, depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about dating, it's a bad thing. But I, <laughs> I saw the potential in others. And so I always wanted to help kind of unlock that potential. So when I got my, you know, diagnosis and they were telling me, you know, this is what it's going to be. I was like, well, that sucks. Cause my only thing that I'm good at is doing that, helping people. And yeah. so, like I said, once I was in that space of kind of just, depression and sadness, I was like, well, hold on a second. Just because I can't do things the way I was doing things doesn't mean I can't do things just in a different way. That's why I don't even like saying I'm disabled. I'm differently yeah. abled. Uh, where there's a will, there's a way. So I really thought about like, what can I do? And right. then start there. And then I just learned over time how to do more things. And now when I encounter different things um, in business or personal life, I'm like, okay, I might not be able to do this way, you know, the typical way people do it, but I definitely yeah. can do what needs to be done. And so that was like the biggest shift for me is just being like, you got this, you can still do it. We just need to figure out how. Right. Oh. I love that. So do you, I'm curious, do you still have, um, do you still have some of your vision or has it faded? Has it gotten better? Or what's the condition with that now? So the condition I have, like I said, is uveitis. Um, and they, people have different types of it, but mine, just because it's very, very rare, I'm, I'm going to explain it real quick. Um, yeah. It's, it's affects both of my eyes um, and it flares. So there will be times when I can see pretty decent and then times where I can't even really? see my own face. I can't see my hands. Um, I pretty much can't see anything. It's just like a blur. Um, and so just on a day-to-day -day basis, the average, I'm completely blind in my left eye. Yeah. Um, so no sight, no anything. And then my right eye, like I said, fluctuates and it fluctuates quickly. I remember I took a trip one time with my family. Uh, when I left, I could text. I was fully able to do everything. I could drive. Yeah. Three days later, I could no longer text. I couldn't see my phone. I couldn't wow. see anything. I was holding on to my husband and I was like, I have to get in to see my doctor. And there is no cure. They just treat the symptoms. So I'm constantly yeah. in the battle of kind of staying focused on what I can do. And like I said, finding ways to do things that are challenging in, in the moments that come. Wow, that is that is incredible and something that I've never heard of before, but that's so interesting. Um, I appreciate you sharing that with me. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So 
Here on this podcast, The Business Shift, we love to talk about this idea of going from being solopreneur, right? Or what does that term mean, solopreneur to business owner? And I hear a lot of people kind of use these terms under the umbrella term of, well, I'm an entrepreneur. But I think uh, that there's the phases that you kind of go through. So do you think that there's a difference between being a solopreneur versus a business owner? And if you do think there's a difference, what difference? I think it depends from person to person. I definitely think there is a there's a difference in what you're doing as a business owner as you move from a solo entrepreneur where you are all the things, right? You're the operations manager, the project manager, you're the finance person, you're the, you know, the CEO, you're also the janitor, <laughs> you're the administrator. <laughs> right. Like I've been all the things. Um, when you then grow and learn to scale your business and then you start to maybe have employees or interns or even if you're outsourcing all like independent contractors, what have yeah. you, you're taking on more clients. I think then what you do as the business owner shifts because it's more learning your leadership style and understanding delegation and managing from a top-down view versus doing tasks from day to day. And so I definitely think there is a a difference in functionality, but I do think people use the words kind of interchangeably depending on where they are in their business journey. And some people are kind of right in the middle where they're still solo entrepreneurs, but they're starting to outsource. And so they're kind of honing in on those skills of, like I said, delegation and leadership to build out their team. Right. So where would you say that you're kind of right now with your business? So look, I'm a business owner. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been in business for about four years with IROC MBS. Um, and I have one employee who's my ride or die, my um, executive assistant. But then I have uh, quite a few independent contractors um, that handle a lot of the different contracts that we work with our, our target audience. Yeah. Um, so I do have to delegate. I do have to manage projects. Um, but that's the fun part of entrepreneurship. When you get to do the stuff you like to do and everybody else does the other things that you don't enjoy doing so much. <laughs> right. So what did you find that you delegated first and why? Oddly enough, don't laugh at me, but the first thing I did (laughs) was I hired a proofreader. Hey! Spelling is not is not my thing. Um, and when I jumped into uh, doing this type of work, I actually started kind of as a VA before I even considered myself a business owner. I was like, I'll be a VA, yeah. which is more of a independent contractor type of thing. Right. Um, and I was doing social media management, but I couldn't spell well. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I don't want to get these people paying me money. And then I am jacking up their spelling. And yes, Grammarly's great. You know, yeah. there's spell checks and stuff, but I would spell words so bad or spell the wrong word, it would not catch it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. so the first person I hired was somebody who just would proofread. Uh, when I got up to so about six clients, I got somebody to proofread my work um, just to double check behind me because I knew that was a major part of my customer service. Like I could I could sell them the offer. I could do the work. I could, yeah. I could post it. But if it comes back and it looks like a second grader typed it up, Right. Then nobody's going to, you know, keep renewing their contract. So that was a, a major thing for me. And it's funny because my proofreader is now my executive assistant. Amazing. First thing I knew I needed in order to um, continue my business and be able to charge what I charge. Right. And so then after you hired the proofreader, where where did you go next? What did you delegate next? 
So after the proofreading, I started delegating a lot of the tasks that I didn't enjoy, such as like email marketing. Um, I also yeah. am somebody who gets very creative. And so I had her, my assistant, because um, that's what I, I upgraded her to an assistant. And I had her yeah. kind of be somewhat of a project manager. I would be like, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And I want all these things to happen. And then she was able to kind of keep me on track. Um, and keep me on deadline so that those things actually got done, um, which was really right. important. And then she did a lot of just the, like I said, emailing, um, just basic things, SOPs. Uh, I'm trying to think of some, she does a lot of things. She's probably, she listens to it. She's gonna be like, I do a lot more than that. <laughs> but <laughs> but all your, like she, she makes my spreadsheet. She keeps track of my Google Docs. Um, she follows up with clients and checks in and different things like that. She does my cold calling now. She does a lot. She's an executive assistant. She does a whole bunch. But those are some of the right. things I outsource just her. Amazing. So she hired on as an employee or, uh, or a contractor. And what is the difference between the two? And where do you prefer starting? Like, do you prefer hiring on employee or sole contractor? What's your thoughts with the, that? So she started off as a contractor, so ten ninety nine, um, and that was only because I at the time, because this is you have to be honest about what you know and what you don't know. I didn't right. know how to hire an employee. Like I started this Fair. business with no business degree, and I was like, well, I think if she's an independent contractor, then I don't have to worry about her taxes, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, right. and so that is why I initially started her off as an independent contractor, and also because I knew early on. And um, I wasn't sure how many hours she was going to work and things like that. And it left me a lot more flexibility that I could, because independent contractors, you can pay hourly, you can pay per project, you can right. do all kinds of things, you can pay with commission. Um, and it gave me a lot more flexibility. And she was open to that versus having an employee that's either salary or hourly. Um, yeah. But she now is an employee. Right. And so then uh, have you brought on any other employees or what would be your recommendation for, let's say, someone who is looking to hire? Would starting out with an independent contractor be the best? I mean, you have to know, again, what you know, if you maybe you have a brick and mortar business um, and you also have someone who can walk you through that tax process um, and make sure that that's all correct, then I would suggest um, having employees. But I have a virtual business where um I have people all over the country that we work with and my team is all over the world. Um, yeah. And so it doesn't, it's not necessary for me necessarily to have quote unquote employees because our business fluctuates. Um, a lot of my independent contractors get paid per project. And if I don't have a project for them, then I don't have to worry about paying them again, an hourly or salary. And they also have the freedom to work on other projects. And there's no issue of like competition and things of that nature. It's in their contracts. So right. I personally would suggest for someone new who's trying to outsource, go ahead and start with independent contractors. Um, yeah. It's a lot easier to work with them. Um, it's a lot easier to figure out how to pay them. But also you may go through a few different types before you figure out exactly what you need. And if you like them and they and you want them to stay with your business, you can always hire them as an employee later and just discuss that kind of early on. It's like, hey, there's potential for growth. Would you, you know, even like to be an employee? My freelancers like being freelancers. Right. Um, and so that's where they stay. And so that's perfectly fine with me. I didn't go and hire any additional employees after yeah. my assistant. I think in the next five years, I could see me having 
maybe two or three more employees, um, somebody to do um, to manage my sales team that yep. would be an employee and then someone to be like my main project manager, manager or operations manager. So it would be one right. or two people um, just because, again, we're virtual. I don't need to see them all the time. Um, right. And it's just it, I like people to have their autonomy and have their own businesses and yep. support mine. So that's kind of what I see um, in the future as the need arises. Mm, I love that. Okay. So kind of looking back now, as you made that shift from going from solopreneur to business owner, what would you recommend to somebody who is like hardcore solopreneur? They're looking, they're fighting to make that shift and they just haven't kind of grasped it yet. What would be the strategies that you recommend to them in order to get started on that? So if you are very serious about entrepreneurship and you know that you are, I call it ready to scale because mm -hmm. you have people who are doing business when they start out mm -hmm. and you're trying to get clients and you're trying to get some, some funds coming in and you're trying to get them consistent. Once they're consistent, I feel like, okay, you're probably ready to scale. And this is people who don't have tons of investors and money to throw at it because there's a different, there's a different, you know, trajectory for those folks. But yeah, if you fit into that first category, you're making some money consistently, um, and you're ready to scale, I would say definitely, if you haven't already, think about outsourcing, again, the things that either you're not great at or the things you don't want to do so you can build your team because that allows you to have time to make things that are scalable. Uh, I work with a lot of coaches and consultants. So scalable items are things like on-demand courses and workshops, um, books, um, anything that you don't have to give your individual time, maybe group coaching, things yeah. like that, that you can do one-to-many those are really scalable type items. Um, and that's what I would say. That's the shift that I would make in business because oftentimes it, people don't realize that it's a lot easier to sell high ticket as a coach uh, right. uh, to sell like, hey, I'll work one on one with somebody. It's a lot less to prepare, um, but you can only do so many of those. There's only so many hours in the day, right. you know, right. so you have 10 one on one clients. That's 10 hours, not including prep. Um, and research and different things like that and not including all the other things you're going to do as far as advertising, marketing, all the stuff. So yeah. I, do, I do recommend um, shifting your mindset to what products or services can you do one to many and then start mm -hmm. focusing on those when you're trying to scale up to the next tier of your business. Mm, that's super powerful. I love that suggestion. Um, so I would love to talk a little bit more about what does it mean to you to do business with confidence? Oh yeah, look, confidence is my jam. Yeah, that's why I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> yes, so I am all about confidence, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I stand on it as a very realistic thing. So yeah. if you work with a lot of coaches, they will start you with mindset, which is cool. Mindset's important. You got to make yeah. look at mindset shifts. Um, however. At IROC, we have a little different take. Mindset is going to be there. And sometimes it's hard to change your mind. Like if you're afraid to go live, for instance, I have clients that I was like, I'm afraid to go live. Or you're afraid to cold call. Or you're afraid to ask somebody for that sale, right? You're on that consultation call, right? You're afraid of it. I could, I could sit with you and we could talk about strategies to get you over that mindset hurdle. Or we use what's called the ARC method, which starts with action. We have you take small, mm -hmm. uncomfortable action now, right? Just a little small action. So maybe you want to do a live. We'll say, okay, you don't have to do a live today, but I want you to record a video and post it. Yeah. And then the next time I want you to do a live for two minutes to introduce yourself. Then I want you to do a live for five, 10, and we get you up to a full live workshop, right? And we don't go into it saying you're not going to be afraid. No, you're going to be afraid. Your inside yeah. is going to be 
kicking and screaming. But when we take these small steps, they're going to lead you to a result. You're going to see that it's not so bad. It's, it's right. not you didn't die. People didn't throw tomatoes at you. And then those right. results are going to lead you to being more confident to take even bigger action. And so, like I said, that's the shift we make with people have that action now because then you see those results and that will feed the confidence within you. And it almost like tricks your mind into saying like, I could do this. It's not so bad. Um, and then you're able to do way more than you ever thought you could. And believe it or not, these shifts happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Oh, that's such a practical way and tactical approach to approaching confidence. Uh, and I've heard a lot of people talking about it just like, oh, well, you just need to be confident. Like just go and watch a mindset course. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't work. And so I love those tactical tips to be able to, you know, encourage yourself to take small actions and then proving to yourself by taking those small actions that you're afraid of that you can be confident. Exactly. That's very powerful. I love that. So I've heard a lot of people tell themselves the story of they're stuck. Like, oh, I'm stuck. I can't move past this. How do people move past that story that they're telling themselves that they're stuck? So I think that, and, and, and I'm a hardcore coach. If you haven't noticed, like I'm very like, no excuses. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's the vibe I, I people, like. Yeah. I tell people you got to find a coach that, that, you know, fits what you like. But yeah. Right. And so I, I always tell people life is going to life. Like there are always going to yeah. be things that are happening um, that are going to slow you down or halt your progress. You kind of have to decide because this is what separates people who succeed and don't like, what am I going to do when the rubber hits the road? What am I going to do? I once interviewed somebody, someone and he said that entrepreneur entrepreneurship is for people who are not afraid to get off the sidewalk and get in the street. I was like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, because it's hard. It is hard and things are going to pop up. Every entrepreneur, no matter how successful, no matter how much money they have, no matter how big their team is, are going to hit issues. It's your job to say what's going to happen when I hit these issues. And one way that I work with my clients, we talk about like, what are you going to do when this happens is one, have a strong why. Why are you doing this? Because if you can hit that hurdle and say, well, you know what? I get this is hard. I get yeah. this is uncomfortable. This is stressing me out. But I know my why is so important. It is so great that I'm going to fight. I'm going to find some way to overcome this. You'll do that. Um, also, yeah knowing what the end result you're looking for is. And wh again, why do you want to get there? What is What kind of impact would that end result make in your life? People I work with are always trying to build generational wealth, legacy. They're not doing this thing just for them or to make a quick dollar. And so I say, think about it. When it gets hard, you still want to be able to buy your kids a house, pay for their wedding, you know what I mean? Right. Go on vacation, have financial freedom, get out of debt. That's the stuff you need to think about, because I promise yeah. you there is a way to get around those hurdles. You yep. just get so stressed out and bogged down by them that you don't even want to try. And it's like, OK, well, think about where am I trying to be? And we got to get this thing out the way so I can get where I'm trying to go. Oh, that that is very, very good. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I see so many people, they get stuck there. They get they go, I'm just stuck. And instead of looking for solutions, they just keep telling themselves that they're stuck. And so that's amazing. Um, this has been so awesome. So my last question for you today is how does someone live as their authentic self? Because I can feel from you and talking to you today that you are very authentic. And so how do people live that way, but then also portray it in their marketing, in what they're talking to people and how do they, how do they come across as their authentic selves at all times? 
Yeah, I think it's it's a journey for everyone because we love, like I love to say we like to live in Instagram land, <laughs> right? You go on Instagram and you see these people who are always well put together, makeup yes. is always done. Like even if they're taking a picture with their dog, their dog is posing perfectly somehow. And we just assume like, I want to look like that. They have all yeah. these likes and followers. I want to look like that. And so what do we do? We go grab our dog and take a hundred pictures to get that perfect picture. <laughs> you know, we make sure right. our makeup looks good, our hair. It's just, it's a lot. And then you wonder why people are not liking and following you. It's because it's not who you are. Like they've right. seen your personal page where you are, you know, got spit up on your shirt from your baby. They've seen that, you know, there's, you know, your husband in the background, you know, stuff is happening and right. they want to see that version of you. I always tell people gone are the days of people are just going to work with you because you're the only you know person in town that does what you do. People want to connect with people. Right. They want to see themselves in you. And so you're actually hurting yourself by not showing up as a true version of you. So that's why I always tell people I'm, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I, I joke around, but I'm very like, we going to get this done. <laughs> and people see that. I'm also, I tell people, hey, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I homeschool. I'm legally yeah. blind. Like these are the things that if you engage with me, you're going to see there. I may be on this podcast and a child may run past. <laughs> it, yep. might, it won't happen today because I kicked them out, but it happens. <laughs> um, and I don't apologize for it. I'll be like, hey, you know, this is life. That's, and I think that's how people, it goes. Yeah, people with kids are like, yeah, if she can do it, I can do it. People who have a disability are like, hey, if she can do it, I can do it. I like this girl. If they see that right. I'm being crazy, they're like, okay. I, I mean, I've done so many things on, on camera as a coach. I've gotten chased by a dog. I've fallen out of a chair. Like the list goes on and on. I've been on lives with eye patches, all kind of things. And people actually resonate with that way more than when I'm like, okay, today we are going to learn, you know, and I'm all perfect. It's like, that's not real. And people actually, when they see you too polished, they're like, uh, I'm never going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't want right. to, I don't want to work with that person. So I would just encourage everyone to be you. Um, and, and, yeah. and just, you know, show up the way you, you want to be. And I'll put a little caveat in there just because I just want to be honest. Yeah. Um, you also have to remember who your target audience is. So be you within that, because I know I used to be so transparent that I would be having a hard day of work. I'd be in my pajamas, have a shower cap on my head. And my coach was like, uh, not that real. <laughs> like, let's not do that. Uh, Cause I, I'm, I'm selling to, you know, these corporate clients for all this right. money. Like, got a shower cap on. So yes, be you, but also keep your audience in mind. Um, so yeah. you may want to find out what that version of you is as well. I just like to be honest. <laughs> I appreciate that because I think some people go in it and there's a side of, oh man, like if I ever want to be successful, I have to go and like do all the, the aesthetic pictures and the dancing and things like that. And then there's the opposite side of the spectrum, which is I'll just like show them everything. And you're like, okay, hold on. Like <laughs> we got to figure out what's going to be fit. Yeah. For you. So that's awesome. I appreciate you being on so much. Um, I know you've got a freebie for the audience to help them get more exposure in their business. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Um, and what that, that looks like? Absolutely. So I have a 90 day visibility challenge and all the items up there, there's there's 90 of them that you can do one a day. You can mix and match and do them. Um, but the goal of it is have more engagement and it's all free things to do. So you don't have to do anything that's going to cost you to to actually do all 90 steps. Um, with that, you also get social media checklists because I'm gonna tell you to post on social media, but I'm not gonna tell you to do that and not give you a way to set your social media up. So there's yeah. a checklist for um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. 
And then we also want to just keep you motivated and encouraged. So we gave you eight plus hours of training from entrepreneurs all over the world uh, just to enjoy on various topics. And that is all free to you guys. Wow. Okay. That's amazing. I'll definitely be linking it in the show notes so everybody can go and check that out, but I appreciate that so much. Um, where are other places that people can go to find you if they want to connect with you at all? Oh, definitely. So if you would like to connect with me, whether you just have a business question or you're looking for a coach or a marketing firm to support you on your entrepreneurship journey, you can go to irockmarketablebusinesssolutions.com. That's I-R-O-C, marketablebusinesssolutions.com. And then, of course, you can look me up by name or by business on all your major social media platforms. Amazing. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add before we finish up for today? Just make that shift, guys. You got it. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. All right. Let's go ahead and cue the outro. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.